0: Uh, so if you have a bible uh john chapter 14 we are continuing on in um the uh um hey make sure you show pictures to whoever uh wants to see pictures um to, uh, here, here's full disclosure i think every baby is ugly so if you show me a picture of a baby I, I thought my own kids were i i when when haley was born i'm like can we just like return it um yeah it was yeah no, i'm not going back there right Dad, put your hand down. Um, so, so if you show me a picture of a baby, do not expect me to go, oh, that's cute. I, I just don't know. I mean, give, give them about six, eight months, and then they start to come in and, yeah. I, I, I can't lie. I, you ask my wife, I am terrible at lying. I, I can't. That's, that's a lie. That's deceiving. I, I, I don't know. Jesus says he's the way the truth In the life, so we got to focus on that truth. Um, But today we are are, are continuing on in our uh, Madman or Messiah series, and we got this week, and then next week um, it's going to be it's going to be the the over. Uh, I'm going to maybe do the following week a little bit of of summary, but I think that uh, next week is going to be like the icing on the cake. Uh, Kurt's going to be bringing the message uh, next week, uh, talking about uh, I am the true vine. Um, imagine that, right? That's awesome. That's like, what, the third time on that? Which is awesome because that that same passage, we can take it, and there's so much in that 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 we can get so many messages out of that, and and God can speak through that. So I'm looking forward to that. But this week, we're in uh, John chapter 14. Bless you. Uh, you, uh, You can be allergic to me. So... Madman or Messiah? This is a question which we have to answer, uh, and I, I think by now, like I said last week, that you, you all have an idea of, of what it is we're, we're trying to accomplish here, um, and, and we, we've read quotes, um, and one of my favorite is the one by C.S. Lewis, and I'll sum it up, that basically he says that either Jesus uh, was a lunatic, uh, or he was a liar, or he was Lord. Um, and if he's a lunatic or a liar, then we don't need to listen to him. But if he is Lord, um, then we need to follow that in which he says. Um, and, and that's important because that's all of what, what he says. Uh, when someone is uh, or understands what it means for Jesus to be Lord of your life, um, that doesn't mean that we can isolate uh, certain areas. Uh, I think too often what happens it is we say, okay, Jesus is Lord of my life on Sunday between the hours of 1030 and 12 o'clock, as long as the preacher doesn't go over, right? So we, we, we kind of isolate these, these times that, that He is Lord of my life, in, as long as I can fit Him into a time slot. Well, that's not Lord. That, 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 that's not even the, the, the definition of what a Lord is. A, the, the, a Lord or the Lord is one who reigns over all of your life. Who one who's in control of every aspect of your life. And as we'll see today, um his statement in which he says it helps us to understand more clearly what that what that looks like. So uh we we heard about and we talked about what people say about Jesus. Um anybody have a favorite one that, that, that we talked about, or maybe I I didn't even say anybody have a favorite thing that they've heard that people say about Jesus? Who he is? Anybody? Anybody wait? What's up? Yeah, I don't care anything. I had a guy tell me that he believed in God, but the Bible was just. Okay, so they're saying that Jesus is just kind of a figment of somebody's imagination, basically? Because, I mean, the Bible t- talks about who Jesus is. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? No? All right, we're going to have to have some interaction today, or, or Dan is prepared to run around the room <laughs> in true Isaiah fashion. Some of you are like, oh, I know what that means. Others are like, I'm going home reading the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Just, just think, uh, Ray, Ray Stevens would, would be proud of him. Now, now you, it's, it's all starting to come in, right? Yes, Isaiah was a prophet who went through the streets butt naked, proclaiming God's word. I'm just glad that he hasn't called me to do that. Um, amen, right? Okay. So, uh, but a lot of people say a lot of things about Jesus, Uh, and we have world religions that that, that say a lot of things about Jesus, and and I want to press into that in a minute, but uh, understanding that there are are multiple different views of of who Jesus is, but there is a a view in which we have that we can um, uh, put our faith and our trust in because it's a view that comes from him, Jesus himself. And in chapter 14 of John's gospel, we're going to see another um, I am statement. And uh, this I am statement is one that this is probably, I, I think, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I think this is the one where mo- that most people remember, uh, the, the, or they remember it the most. This is where Jesus does say, I am the way and the truth and the life. But before we get to that, I want to, to to look at a little bit of context in this because um, the, the other am statements that were given, we, we said that, that Jesus were, were, he was in some very uh, um, populated areas. In the context that he was in, he was either uh, around a lot of, of people um, in, in a uh, uh, you know a, a teaching setting, or he was in a, 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 a around a lot of people in a party festive uh, a festive feast setting. These next two I am statements that uh, we're going to look at today and then next week, they're given directly to his disciples. So there's a little bit different context that, that is given here, but it's still what we can see is, uh, and, and, and what I like about this, is I, I believe there's a little bit more, or there's, it gives us a little more intimacy into what it is that Jesus is saying. Now I'm not devaluing any of the other ones that we talked about, I'm not devaluing w- w- when He uh, uh, says He's a resurrection in the life. I'm not devaluing the Good Shepherd. I'm not devaluing any of, of those. But what I want us to, to, to kind of press into is that these, these last two are given to His disciples. He's, he's sitting here looking at His disciples. He's, he's having dinner with His disciples. And He's telling him these, these last two. Uh, this is, comes from the, the, the upper room discourse. Um, this is... Uh, uh, the, the time period. If you if you read through the the, the Gospel of John, you can kind of see there's a division uh, where it, for the first 12 chapters, it's kind of the uh, the beginning three years of, of Jesus's ministry, and then you get to chapter 13, and it's like the, the brakes get slammed on. It's like the 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 the, the, uh, the camera goes from big picture view panoramic view or whatever down to a a a a scene down to a setting and then from chapters uh, 13 on it's more this intimate time in which the lord has with his his disciples up into up until his his death and even a little bit after as as well but here we we have um, some important facts and and as we look at these important facts let's just start in in verse 1 and talk First 1, chapter 14, it says this, let not, your, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, I know that we can continue on, but I, as I read this, I think that if, if we're going to get into the mood, maybe that's a bad way of putting, putting it, Maybe we can put the lights down though and turn the candles on and we can get into the mood. Whatever it takes for you. But if we can get into the mood, I think that that we need to identify with these disciples here and and what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Jesus says to his disciples, you know, don't be be worried, right? Anytime what he says, let not your hearts be troubled. I mean, he, he, he gets, he's getting ready to give them another of these I am statements, but he says, okay, let's, let me help you prepare your heart. I, I know that there are situations, I mean, I can look out across everybody here and I know something is going on, not because I'm, I'm this, I'm not, but because something you've shared with me. I know that there's things going on that, that, that people have troubled hearts. That there's a a situation that you're dealing with, that there is um, something at work that you're dealing with, that there's something in your marriage that you're dealing with, there's something with your kids that Gabe is just crazy and is out of control sometimes that you're dealing with. (laughs) Yeah, or his aunt. But everybody has something. Everybody has something that that, that they're dealing with. And here's the the fact of the matter is, um, y'all got to stop hiding. Stop, stop hiding behind all of these things. These, what does what, what psychology call them now? Defense mechanisms. They're, they're true. I get it. So everybody has different, these defense mechanisms. But how about what we do is we approach God's word with the, the understanding that I don't want to put up my defense. Because if I just put up my defense, what's going to happen is I'm not going to hear what it is that God is saying. And this is where he he brings in this truth. Right off the bat, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. And he says, believe in God. Believe also in me. He's saying, okay, he doesn't just say, don't be afraid. He gives us how not to worry. How not to be troubled. How not to worry about the things that are going on around us that seem to be overwhelming us. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Why does he say believe in God? Because he is identifying right there that, you know what? Even though your life may seem like it's out of control, God still got it. Even though the situation in which you're in seems like it's, it's impossible, God still got it. Nothing is impossible with God. I, I believe that it, it, it's at that time when you see the, uh, a situation as impossible is when God can really work. Because when you see it as impossible, you're finally going to get off the throne and let God do his job. Now, I'm not saying that God is in the business of doing everything that you want him to do. What I'm saying is he's in the business of glorifying himself. And in that situation, if he can make glory or make himself glorified, we've got to get out of the way. And this troublesome, what we try to do, and. In, in, um, I think we even talked about it in Sunday school a little bit, is we, we live in a society that is so worried, and, and we poked fun a little bit at it this morning, that, that, that they should make a medication for that, right? They, they do. They do. And I'm not. if you're on that, I'm not saying you shouldn't be. Don't, don't hear that. If your doctor prescribes it, take your medications. What I'm saying, though, is just by, by looking at our society, we are a troublesome society. And Jesus talks him into that worry, into that trouble of the heart. And the way in which he, he, he gives way, and the way in which He provides solution and resolve for the trouble of the heart, As He says, it's believe in God. Now, I, I, I love, you've heard me say this before, don't just believe in God, believe God. Because a lot of people believe in God, right? A lot of people believe, yeah, I believe in God. But I'm not asking, and I don't think Jesus is asking you to believe in God as much as He is asking you to believe God. When we believe God, we look at what He says, and then we act upon what He says. Is that difficult? You better believe it's difficult. But we have, as believers in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit who resides inside of us to empower us to be able to do what it is He commands us to do. Think about it this way. If God tells you something in Scripture... He does not tell you and say, figure it out on your own. If he commands you to do something, he gives you everything necessary to do what it is that he commands you to do. Wait a second. The Bible says be perfect or be holy as he is holy. Well, I can't be holy. Yes, you can. But what the devil wants you to do is to believe that you cannot. How can you? You can by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you guys get this itch and you want to read more about what what does that look like, just keep on reading in chapter uh, fourteen and fifteen and sixteen of God, the gospel. Uh, yeah, gospel. Maybe that's a new word. The Gospel of John. In John's book, there we go. Just keep on reading what what the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer. What what God um, intends for him to do. So let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. And and then he transitions. So he says, Believe in, in God. Believe in Me. And then he goes on to say, In My Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to Myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know way to where I'm going. So so here, Jesus says, okay, here's the deal. You believe in me. And and by you believing in me, I'm going to tell you something that that people aren't going to understand. In my Father's house are many rooms. I think the the King James says that there are many mansions, right? There are many glorious places in which to dwell in the presence of God the Father. And, And he says, I'm going to prepare those for you. Last week we talked about what the I am the resurrection life. I I know that you guys just had you have so much coming in in knowledge wise. You had to go back through. So I am the resurrection in the life because He he says I'm going to come back for you. I'm going to go prepare a place for you, but I'm going to come back to get you. So, so think about that. I remember last, last week when we talked about the resurrection, um, the, the return of Christ, what's going to happen to believers and unbelievers, and we talked about judgment and the such? Here he's saying, I'm going, when, when I go, when, when they put my body into the ground, and then when I raise on the third day, and then after that, 40 days, I'm going to ascend up to, to the Father. I'm going to sit down at the right hand of, of the Father. He said, I'm not just going to sit there and wait. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, why would I not come back and get you? I think of it on a very smaller scale. of If you build a house, and you build a guest room in that house, right? But if you have no intention to have a guest, what's the sense of building the room? Right? It'll collect junk, right? Yes, that's what would happen in our house. It would collect junk. There you go. But you build a room for guests to stay in, you expect guests to come and stay in there. In a grander scale, Jesus says, I'm going to build you a room, I'm going to build you a dwelling place. And because I'm going and I'm going to build it for you, you better believe I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. So so think about that. He says this right after he says, let not your hearts be troubled. So he says, okay, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. I'm going to make you a room so you you don't have to focus on everything that's going on around you and and dwell on on, on all the, the muck and the mire of this world because there's going to be a place that is going to be waiting for you. It's going to have your name on the door. It's going to have your stuff, whatever that stuff looks like. Well, if you're into memorabilia, I don't know. Maybe a Steeler's poster in there, I don't know. Definitely a Clemson flag, we know that. But uh, it's going to have your name on the door. It's going to be your dwelling place that is made specifically for you by Christ. And if we think about this, we can understand that because that awaits me, I can live a different way now. My attitude can be different here. I can live a changed life now. He goes on to say, and you know where I'm going, and I love Thomas. Thomas says to him in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? This is where we're going to get our statement here that we're going to unpack. And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So when, when Thomas says, You know, I, we don't know where you're going, Lord. We don't even know. So, if we don't know where you're going, we don't know the way in which you're going there. And he says, No, I am the way and the truth and the life. And he doesn't stop there. He says, No one comes unto the Father except through me. So, let's look at this, this I am statement. <clears throat> because what does it mean when Jesus says that he is the way? What does this this mean? Because when we look at this, we say that okay, you know, just a rough overview of this. Just by what we've talked about over the past few weeks, we can identify um, him. We can identify him as the truth. We can identify him as the life. So, what what does it mean when he says he is the way to God? I came up. I got three things here I want to talk about, and 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 hopefully we'll, we'll be done at a decent time. What does it mean when Jesus says He is the way to God? The first thing, when He says that, the first thing that it means, hold on to your seats. You are not the way. You are not the way. Some will say, "Well, how dare you?" Well, I am. Capable of being the way. Well, let's look at this. There's two errors that I think are present today, and, and, and these two errors that are, that are present they cause people um, to come to the, the, the thought process or the conclusion that they are the way. The, the one is new age philosophy, and that's kind of a broad scope. You know, the philosophy is just the way in which things are done, the the the, the, the study of the way in which things are, are done. So this new age philosophy and religion of works. Because what we have with, with this New Age philosophy and this New Age religion, what it does is it tells, peop- it tells people something true. It tells them that they're spiritual beings. And we are. Everyone is a spiritual being. We're not a bunch of zombies running around. We have a spirit that resides inside of us. Now, because you're spiritual beings, what they, what they teach is that because of that, you are in effect a god. So, if you're a spiritual being and in effect a god, this is very appealing because then you know what that means? If I'm my own god, I can make up my own rules, right? No one in here has ever thought that, right? I could do what I want, when I want, how I want, wherever I want, with whoever I want. Well, I'm a spiritual being, and therefore I'm in in control of my destiny. Never hear that? I hear that all the time. Well, it's very appealing. If you have no one to be held accountable to except for yourself, if you disagree with the authority figure in that that formulation, what what do you do then? Just change the rule. You make it whatever you want it to be. You can say whatever you want to. You don't have to submit to any other God. You only have to submit to your own wills or your own desires. That's why I say it's very appealing. But what we have today is we have a bunch of spiritual beings or people trying to be spiritual without any experience or relationship of the One who created all of this. So we're trying to figure out what it means to be a spiritual being, what it means to, to, to have a spirit that resides inside of them, but they have no concept of the one who created the body, let alone the spirit. Uh, Rabbi Zacharias, which if you don't know who that is, he, he's a great Bible teacher. Um, he says, he answers the question of why. Uh, people are willing to try anything but Jesus. Because that, that's basically what's happening Is people are so in, in, in um, a, 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 a desi- having a desire to fill this void inside of them that they'll try anything except for Jesus. Or they'll try Jesus and add something else to him. And that's where the, the works of, 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 or religion of works comes in. But Rabbi Zacharias answers the question of why people are trying um, anything but Jesus by saying this. Because He, being Jesus, calls you to die to yourself. Anytime truth involves a total commitment in which you bring yourself to complete humility, to the surrender of the will, you will always have resistance. Christ violates our power and autonomy at the heart of the rejection is resistance to the claim of who He is. Those words are powerful, if you ask me. Because it reveals the heart. It reveals the heart that I want to be my own God. I want to do whatever it is that I darn well feel like doing whenever I want to do it. No one's going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to listen to some bald guy up here saying that God says to do this. Or... Whatever, you, I know somebody's thought that once or twice over the past nine years. I'm not going to listen to anybody. I'm my own boss. Anybody? 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 We're not going to raise our hand and convict ourselves here, right? But we've all have had that time where we say this, like, God, I, I'm, I'm in control of my own life. All I ask. When, when somebody, when, when I encounter that, because I've encountered that multiple times, where, where, where people, maybe they don't say these exact words, but they, they display this same heart of rejecting the resistance of the claim of who Jesus is because they want their own power and their own autonomy. They want to be in control of their own life. And I ask this question, how's it working out for you? Right? How's it working out for you? That doesn't mean that I got it all together, but I, what, I, what I do is I know that what my, I, I make mistakes. I've made, I've made mistakes this week. I've done things that I, haven't, I shouldn't have done. But if I'm going to say, I'm in control of my life, how ridiculous is that? It's, it, it's submitting my will. It's submitting everything that I am to who Jesus says that He is. Is it easy? No, I'm not going to stand up here and act like, oh, just do it. And it. No, it's not easy. It's the most difficult thing that I've ever done, personally. But it's the most rewarding thing that I've done is that, that constant daily going through, okay, this is what needs to happen. And because I'm surrendering different areas in my life on a daily basis, when I surrender an area, and this is what you have to think, don't think that when you surrender an area that, that, that it's out of control. Look at when you surrender an area of your life that it's in better control if you're surrendering that area to God. W- w- whatever that may, may be. M- maybe it's a, something very practical about your finances. I don't know. Maybe about, it's your marriage. Maybe it's about your job. Maybe I, I don't know. There are, everybody has an area in which they, that, that is on their mind right now. That the, the, the Spirit of God is stirring in you and say, This is what that, that guy, who the, the, the crazy guy up here that's talking, he's, he's talking about this area right here. Don't dismiss that area. Maybe it's a way in which you feel about someone else, a relationship in which you have. Or maybe it's a relationship which you desire. I, I don't know. Whatever that is, look at that area somewhere, as, that, that that thought that is in your head right now as, a, as an indication of. From God. Now and and, and here's the, the crazy thing. We were talking with elders this morning, and the thought came in, in my head, like, what, what if we really expected God to, to, to work in, in, in us today? Like, how many times do we actually come into church expecting God to work? I'm not saying expecting God to work in the way in which you think He should work, but just come in saying, Okay, God, I just want to hear you today, and I'm expecting you to, to, to work in me today. Maybe that expectation can be fulfilled by that thought that we're talking about. An area in which you need to surrender in in, in your life. That He's saying, hey, I'm I'm that still, small voice. The the Bible tells us, you know, that still, small voice inside of you. This is an area in which you need to to surrender. This is an area that that you need to realize that you're not God. And don't look at that as a negative. Look at that as a huge positive positive. Because when we accept that we are not worthy of sitting on the throne, that's when God can work the most in our lives. Now, if you could be good enough, or let's even say this, if you could be God enough to get into heaven on your own. If you could. Can you? No, you can't. But there are people out there that have that mindset of like I'm my own God and I can, I can be a good person, and because I'm a good person, the God is a good, loving God, and He'll look at my good stuff and He'll let me into heaven. If that is so. Which is not. But if it is so. Jesus died for nothing. I mean, think about it. If you can good, good deed your way into heaven... Why in the world did Jesus come and die on the cross? I mean, we're, we're all smart people here. I believe that. I mean, logically speaking, if we could just, just abide by a set of rules and, and have scales give us just enough to get us into to heaven, then man, why, why would Jesus have to suffer and go through that pain and agony if we could just do it on our own? But He says this, I am the way. So, we have here's our, our, our madman or Messiah. If Jesus says, I am the way, and He says, no one comes to the Father except through Me, either He is right, or you are right. By a show of hands, has anybody ever been wrong about something in their life? Okay, just, just checking. So you have made some type of mistake. Jesus has never. He has never made an oopsie. Even when we look at some of our brothers and sisters and we're like, are you sure? No, he, 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 he He hasn't made an oopsie. And I'll tell you this, He hasn't made an oopsie in your life. You have. He hasn't. But if we say, I'm my own God and I can get my own way into heaven, what we're saying is we're spitting in his face and, like, I got this, God. Well, you know what's going to happen then? He's going to say, Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stand, I'll, I'll be here when you're ready, but okay. And what's going to happen? We're going to go through pain and misery and, and go through some, some areas and some situations that we don't need to deal with. We shouldn't have to deal with because what we're doing is like, what we're doing is we're saying I'm God. I can handle this. But you're not. You're not capable. Let's go on to the second thing. Because if not, we're going to be here until twelve thirty. <laughs> what What does it mean when Jesus says that He is the way? He is the only way to God. Other religions are not the way. And, and I love that that uh, Kurt uh, uh, said a little bit of what what him and I were talking about uh, yesterday. Actually, as, as we were walking out of the woods. Because uh, he shot a deer and found it um, yeah, I shot a deer this week and didn 't find it so deer deer is there 's no s on the end of it. It could be one or multiple I stuttered. I have a stuttering problem, right' Don't be point, I, I shot two deer this this week and i couldn 't find either of them so deer is deer is fine I, I shot. But anywho, as we are walking out of the woods, <laughs> Kurt and I were talking about some things, and this was one of the things. Like he brought up, there we're talking about other religions, and I, and I I believe that um, when when Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life," no one comes to the Father except through me. What that says is other religions, other religions are not the way. Now, this is one. Uh, uh, this is a huge objective or, or, or an objection, I should say, um, to uh, what people about or in opposition to the Christian faith, because what they say is, well, it's just you know they're exclusive. It's all exclusivism that they only, their claims are, are, are the only one. They're the only way, and everybody else is wrong. And my response to that is absolutely. Now, with that being said. As Kurt said, this does not mean that there are there is no value, no moral teaching, no lessons, no nothing that we cannot learn from other religions. This does not mean that other religions are um are are, uh what's the word I want to this how about this This does not mean that the people of other religions are bad people. In and of themselves. Because at the end of the day, I look out here, and y'all Christians are bad people. Right? We're, 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 we are all sinful. We are all fallen. We all need are in need of a Savior. Now, when we look at a, 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 another religion, if we're looking at Um, Islam, or we're looking at um, Buddhism, or Hinduism, or anything. What we need to do is we're not looking at those religions, and we don't look at those people, and we should not judge those people in the sense that I'm better than them. Because maybe they're a good moral person. Maybe they're nice. I mean, Shannon and I, we've got some Muslim friends that are really cool people. Now... They could be all that, right? But the question is, in their religion, does their religion provide the way to God? No. So I can have conversation and I can be in a relationship with my Muslim Muslim friend, but I don't have to accept what it is that they believe because we are clearly different on the way in which to get to God. And in reality, it's not the way in which we get to God, it's the way in which God has come to us. So, what we, what we do is now we have ideas and thoughts, and where, where people say that, well, you know, religion, you know, it, it, it's, we, have a, we should have a, a pluralistic view. What does that mean? Well, that all claims are equally true. It doesn't work. You've heard me rant about the whole coexist bumper sticker, right? In the coexist bumper sticker, if you look closely, you have multiple monotheistic religions in there. What does that mean? You have multiple religions in there that say that their way is the only way. So even in a logical pluralistic mindset, if, if we let's just all sing Kumbaya and let's all get along. Religion alone doesn't let us do that. Well, what about this relativism? What what is true for for one person may not be true for another person. That's that's fine if I can go punch Jake in the mouth and say, it felt good for me. It's probably not going to feel good for him. (laughs) Let's try it. Let's not. We don't promote violence. Goodness gracious. Oh, I don't know. we we got to usher him out. Um, <laughs> keep your eyes on the, the, this, this fellow. But it, if something is true for one person, it, just because it's true for one doesn't make it true for, for another. This is why I love what, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's an absolute truth in which we can know. So relativism just doesn't make sense. But what it all comes down to is the question in which we have been addressing. Are these other religions the way to God? No. We don't have to look at our, 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 our other religion friends and try to be one up on them. Saying, I'm a Christian and you're going to hell. Is it true? Yeah, that, That's true! Maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. But what we have to understand is, that like, like, like Kurt said, and I love how he said it, they're lost. They're lost. They, they, they need to be found. They need to be pointed in the right direction. But if we go and beat them over the head and tell them how dumb they are because of what they believe, what kind of bridge is that going to build? It's not, right? It's not going to provide the opportunity for you to put truth on that bridge and tell them about who Jesus is and who He said He is and what He said He provides for us. The third thing, that when we answer the question of what does it mean when Jesus (laughs) says that He is the way to God... The third thing is that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. I, I, I mean, that's kind of obvious by his statement. No, but, but what we have to look at this because it's either Jesus is who he said he is or he's a fraud. Right? I mean, that's been the whole premise of, of the, this last few weeks is like Jesus is the Messiah, or, he's a madman. There's no in-between. We, we can't say, yeah, we can pick and choose and a little bit of this, and no, nah, I'm not going to say that. And, no, it, it's, he, he's one or the other. And, and here's something to think about as I was working through this. Here's just something as a side note. I'll, I'll give you this for free. Something to think about. If we reject the fact that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, we are not only rejecting the words of Jesus Himself, but we are rejecting the witness of Scripture, the proclamation of the church, and the testimony of all those who have experienced this reality in their personal lives. I'll go to the extent that we're tell, we, we need to go to Pakistan and we need to go to Turkey and, and these, these countries where these Christians are being killed for their faith. We need to go there and tell them, you know, Jesus really, He wasn't the way. He was a way, but He wasn't the way. People are losing their lives because of the truth that Jesus is the way. If He's not, if we're rejecting the fact of what He said, we're looking at all of those things. Scripture and church history and the testimony of these martyred saints and saying... That's a nice try. But you know you really didn't have to do that. I don't think anybody in here would want to say that. I don't think anybody in here would want to go to a family member or someone uh, uh, that, has been, that has lost their life because of giving it for and, and martyrdom for, for Christ and say, you know, it was nice that, that, that Susie did that, but there was another way. There, there is no other way. By His words... By Jesus' words, no one comes to the Father except through Me. Jesus is stressing that salvation, contrary to what people think, is not obtainable through many other ways. He's the only way. Now, some of you are sitting here thinking, like, yeah, I get it, Lee. I, I understand that. I, I believe that you understand that. I believe that you understand that with your head. But we have to get that in our heart because when we accept that and it drops from here until here, our lives are going to be different. I, I was talking to the guys this morning and I read this week something that has just been plaguing me. Changed people live changed lives. Think about that. If Christ has changed your you as a person meaning made you whole, made you alive again, rescued you for eternity. Your life cannot be the same as it was before. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. First Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus, when he says, I am the way. Now what we have to understand, oh, this is the part where, where people they, they 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 the and I say they, this is where non-Christians get this thing all jumbled up. And even some Christians get this jumbled up. Because when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes unto the Father except through me. What we fail to 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 realize, and when I, I'll say that the, the, the unbelievers fail to realize when they say well you guys are just a bunch of you know exclusive religion and it's a, it's a good old boys club and it's a holy rollers club and you you can't you know you're not letting anybody in no that statement was not only given to those who were already in that invitation was given to all there's a verse in John that you might have heard once or twice In chapter 3, in verse 16, it goes like this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. It goes on to say, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. I I love it when, when Jesus says that he is the way and the truth and the life. He can say that he is the way because he is the truth and because he is the life. And when he says this, Jesus does not simply say, or Jesus is not simply blazing a trail. Something that I love and hate about my friend. Kurt, I love going hunting with, with, with the guy, and I hate it at the same time, because he's not one of those guys. And this is what I love about Jake. Jake takes us to some really easy spots. Kurt is like, you know, that spot that's like five miles off of the road. That's where we're going. I can remember when I was a kid, I shot a deer, and he'll give you this great story about you know killing the, the, the deer back in in, in these in, in the, the hills. But he, he fails to, to, to tell you the story about all the green briars that you gotta go through. Now, in his defense, he does blaze a trail through the green briars and you gotta follow behind them. But sometimes he lets the sticks go and they smack you in the face. And, or, or, like last time we went, it, my, my arms were all cut up. It, it, looked, it looked bad. He didn't have a scratch on them. But, but, like I said, in his defense, he blazed a trail. And I followed him. When Jesus says he is the way, he's not saying I blazed a trail and you just have to follow after me. He says he is the trail, he is the road, he is the path, pathway. He didn't just go before us and we have to follow it. He's saying, I am the way in which you are going to go. The the, the word in which is used here for way is the most common Greek word for road or pathway. I've built this way. I've built this trail. I've established this clear path. So, So you don't have to get scraped up by the thorns. You don't have to... Get lost and hey, is the truck over there? Or wait a second, is it wait is is the truck over there? Let me get oh my phone's not getting any service. I don't know. No, no, we we have this pathway, this road to the Father, and it's Jesus. I'll, I'll end with this one because we're getting a little over here. Jesus is the only access to the Father because He is the only one from the Father. And Jesus Himself is the channel which, through, or through which people can have a relationship with God the Father and spend eternity with Him. Think about that. The whole reason that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by Me. How did He start that whole paragraph out? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. How can we let our hearts not, or have our hearts not be troubled? It's because we can understand that Jesus is the way. And He's provided the way. He is the way in which we can spend eternity outside of all the heartache, a place where it says there's no more tears, there's no more suffering, there's no more pain. And that'll be for forever. So if we're going to live in light of eternity, we need to understand what that eternity is. And we need to understand the truth in which Jesus, and which He says about Himself. So, what's the answer? Messiah or madman? As Messiah, as Lord, let's live like it. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, uh, my prayer is that um, you, uh, you, you spoke today and, and, and Your Spirit Bore witness to uh, the spirits that it is inside of us, each one of us. Holy Spirit, that you that you um, identified an area of uh, of need of surrender. God, maybe it's it's multiple areas. What my my prayer is that that we don't feel overwhelmed, but we can live. Uh, with a peace knowing that if you're identifying an area in which I need to to change, that you're going to also give me the strength and the power and the tools in which I need to change that area. God, let us trust You. Let us believe You. Let us expect You to work today. God, if there's someone here that, that, that does not or has not answered that question uh, about you being uh, um, uh, the Messiah or a madman, and they have not answered it as, in, in the, the true context of what it is, that you are the Messiah, if they haven't put your, their, 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 their trust and their faith for eternity in you, my prayer is that, that, that their heart cries out and you hear their, their heart cry and they confess with their lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised Him from the dead so that they can be saved. God, we know that there's no special words and we know that there's no special formula or prayer to pray. It's a, it's a condition of the heart saying, I'm not God, and I need You, God, as my Savior. Father, as we go from here, let us us take these nuggets of truth and be able to implement them in our lives so we can be changed people and we can live changed lives. Like We actually believe and we actually are going to um, believe what it is we say we believe and act upon what it is we say we believe. Not where where we're weird, but we're just different from those around us because this world's not my home. I'm looking forward to a better place but you got a purpose for me while I'm here. Lord Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you. Spirit, we continue to welcome you. Pray this in your name.